0: Welcome to what's on the menu. On today's menu, we're talking about an all-time favorite. When you think of the most American food possible, something other countries think Americans eat way too much of, you think of the hamburger. It's at every 4th of July barbecue and on every street in every town across the USA. It's so popular, they even make fake burgers for people who can't or won't eat the real thing. Get your inner carnivore out and let's get hungry for what's on the menu. All right, before we get to the actual episode, I need to clarify some things about my ranking system. I got a couple messages in the past few weeks about how the ranking system is flawed. Christian, why do you give mostly sixes and sevens in your reviews? Well, most foods are going to lie in that six to seven range and it makes sense and it should be that way. If you think about it, if a restaurant has a five or less, what is the likelihood that a bad restaurant is going to survive for that long? It should be very little, particularly after COVID, right? So it makes sense that there aren't going to be many things that are worse than a five because who all is going to go to that restaurant then? And typically people have similar taste buds enough to where a bad restaurant is very rare, like that bad of a restaurant at least. There are a lot of mediocre restaurants and that's where you get fives and sixes, which are typically going to be on the rating scale and are very easy to find. The sevens are gonna be just good spots. Just good local spots. So it makes sense that the distribution of scores is going to be lying around sixes and sevens. I mean, to get an eight or nine, got to blow someone's mind away. All right, now that that's cleared up, let's talk about the burger. There are four different history ideas as to how the burger came about, all of which are relatively recent. Uh, I was a child and was fooled at a very young age thinking that The burger originated from the Chinese rice patty, and that is complete bullshit, could not be further from the truth. There are four different theories as to what the claims of invention are for the hamburger in the United States. The first one is the most popular one, and that is that there was a man, Louis Lassen, who in New Haven, Connecticut in the year 1900, started a sandwich shop out of his wagon and sold steak sandwiches. So this is the first supposed way that the burger was created. It was grilled steak with two pieces of bread, basically like a sandwich. So this is the most popular theory. The second theory is a fairly popular one as well. And that is that there was a man, Charlie Nagreen, who ran a stand at a fair in Seymour, Wisconsin. And at that fair, he sold meatballs that were in between two slices of bread. Again, same concept definitionally as a burger and he claims to have called it the Hamburger Charlie. The year on this theory is 1885. However, it's not entirely sure whether or not the year is accurate and if it was, you know, meatballs that were then put into a sandwich or if it was actually meatball sandwich from the start and if it is a definitional burger. Um, The third theory, though, is a very popular one because it actually relates to a very common chain in uh, the Midwest, White Castle. Otto Kaus, who was the founder of White Castle, supposedly in 1891 started making the hamburger because there were German sailors that used to come into the restaurant and they were from Hamburg, Germany. They asked for their meat to be in between buns and then therefore you have the invention of the hamburger. However, this was supposedly including an egg on the burger and there isn't a lot of verifiable evidence for it. And the fourth and final theory, which is... The least common and least likely is that there was a man, Oscar Weber Bilby, who in 1891 wanted to impress the governor of Oklahoma, so he invited the governor to his farm in Tulsa and then made him basically a steak sandwich where he put steak in between two pieces of bread. So all very similar in nature, meat going in between two pieces of bread, not that strange of a concept, but the history itself seems pretty short. Hamburgers has only been around for a little bit over a hundred years. So it's a relatively new dish, and obviously the, the records for the history of it are, are a little bit debated. But the most common idea of Lewis Lassen opening up a steak sandwich shop in their wagon in New Haven, Connecticut, was the dominating theory. So a little bit of interesting history there. But the thing that makes the burger so unique and so amazing compared to other dishes is that it is truly the king of customization. If you think about all the different things that can go on with with the bread, the meat, the way it's cooked, the toppings, there is no other true dish that can be changed and turned around so many different ways, but still be very easily identifiable as a burger. So let's get into some of those different customizable options. The first is the way that burgers get cooked. You can have hundreds of ways to cook the burger. You know, to name a few, you can grill it using gas, charcoal, wood-fired grill. You can use a cast iron. You can put it on a flat top. You could steam the burger, which we'll get into a little bit later. You can broil the burger, which is done in a lot of fancy restaurants where they broil their steaks. You could deep fry the burger and more. There's many different ways to make the meat. You got brisket. You have chuck, dry-aged beef, grass-fed beef, wagyu, Short rib, sirloin, round, ground hamburger meat. You can do a combination of any of these. I mean, some of the best restaurants I've seen are a combination of two, three, even four of these types of meats. You can have 30% sirloin and 70% chuck or uh, 20% brisket and uh, 50% short rib and and another 30% of round. There are a lot of different combinations you can do that make endless possibilities to make a good burger. Not to mention the different types of buns you could have with potato bun, kaiser roll, brioche bun, or you can have the different toppings on it, lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle. You can put relish on it, ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, hot sauce, barbecue sauce, pimento cheese, American cheese, cheddar cheese. The idea of a burger is very open. It's not limiting like a lot of other dishes that require specific ingredients. And so having all of these customizable options, obviously this is going to be a part one of probably many episodes for the burger because there are so many burger places that we could talk about. But for more general context, I tend to put burgers in three different categories. I have a fast food category, a gourmet category, and a stunt category. And as the name suggests, The fast food category is going to be typically a thinner patty where you're not choosing how it's cooked. It comes as is and you will uh, have it in a fast manner, hence the name fast food. There's the gourmet patty, which is uh, typically where you ask for it to be cooked either rare, medium well, medium rare, however you like it. Burnt. And then there's the stunt category which is kind of a new phenomena where you have people going on uh, social media and posting pictures of just the craziest burger inventions you've ever seen Uh, i've seen burgers with ramen noodle uh, patties as the bun i've seen burgers with donuts as the buns i've seen fried chicken and beef combinations in the meat in the middle there's so many ways that these stunt burgers are created i typically don't endorse stunt burgers and and like the idea just because some of them just don't taste good. They look great and they're aesthetically pleasing, but they don't really taste good and they're not really traditional to the burger itself and, and stick within the features of a burger, but they're worth mentioning. So, Comparing fast food burgers to gourmet burgers is a little unfair. They're just two totally different types of burgers. So the way I'm going to start ranking these, we'll start off with the fast food burgers, and I'm going to put them in a tier list. And when I mean fast food burgers in this case, I mean true fast food. Uh, you know, you have different types of burgers that have the thin patty, aren't right, you know, made to cook like a typical uh, gourmet burger, but they're still in that gourmet category because they're not fast. Fastly made. And so we'll talk about pure fast food burgers first in a tier list format. So let's start off with the F tier. I've got Burger King at the start. The Burger King burger is just awful. The Whopper is terrible. Basically everything on the Burger King menu is going to be less than a five and therefore it's going to be in the F category. The only good thing I've ever had at Burger King is the Chick King sandwich, which we'll get into in a later episode. But the Burger King burger is awful. The bun has no integrity. It is an awful slab of meat that doesn't even taste like meat. And honestly, the condiments and everything on it is just so overwhelming and you, you taste a pool of mayonnaise that's absolutely disgusting. The Burger King burger, easily the worst burger out there. No real debate on it. The next, I've got the Varsity. The Varsity is a chain based out of Atlanta that does chili cheeseburgers. And the chili is fine. But the bun is one of the worst buns you've ever had. It is, uh, like, imagine that really, really dry bun that uh, crumbles the second that you pick it up. That is the Varsity burger bun. Or it's the, the bun that is so stale that it won't, like crack apart, but the second you take a bite out of it, you can taste, like, the outside layer of the bun just, like, dry up into dust like a desert. And then the Varsity Burger meat itself is non-existent. It's the smallest burger patty ever created, and you, you know, the the chili's not bad, like I said, but the burger meat itself does not taste good, and it doesn't taste well in the combination with the chili either. So those are the two burger chains that I have in the F- category. Next, for the D tier, I have McDonald's first. McDonald's, you know, it's a passable burger, and it's definitely better than Burger King. It's just, again, the meat does not taste like real meat. It is uh, a very preservative-based, artificial-tasting piece of, uh, of, of meat, with, you know, a better bun than Burger King, but still not an amazing bun, obviously. And depending on which burger you get at McDonald's, the toppings can be kind of disgusting or 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 not. Um, but McDonald's is definitely a D-tier burger. And then next, I've got White Castle. Now, a lot of people will give me shit for this. I think White Castle is, I like the idea of their sliders. I like the grilled onions. I like what they've got going there. It's just such a greasy burger and you feel absolutely disgusting while you're eating it and after you're eating it to a point where like, if it disgusts me that much, it doesn't matter if it tastes even remotely good. It's still going to be in that D category because you don't enjoy eating it and that experience of eating it and the taste of it is not like all that good. That's going to give you a D. Then for the C category, I've got Wendy's to start. I think Wendy's is definitely the best of the big three if you're if you're taking into account Burger King, McDonald's, and Wendy's. I grew up actually somewhat enjoying the Baconator. I'm not a huge Wendy's guy, but I will say that they have better quality meat than the other two. Their buns have more integrity and at least have a little bit more of a texture to them that is not like you're eating sandpaper. And then you're also getting better condiments and better quality ingredients on top. The bacon they have is fairly good. So I like the bacon here there. If you're talking about just their traditional hamburger, I think that's also still decent. So I give them a C. Hardy's and Carl's Jr. I'm going to lump in the same category as well. Also a C. Even though their traditional steak burgers or whatever they call them, their thick burgers, aren't necessarily the best. I think they actually do a really good job with their specialty burgers and they're ones that I can enjoy and be happy about going to. I actually don't complain when I go to a Wendy's or Hardee's. I I know I'm going to get a decent product and I'm going to walk out at least somewhat satisfied. Now getting into the B category and this is where I'm going to get most of the hate because the first one in my B list is the In-N-Out Burger. The In-N-Out Burger is the most overrated piece of food probably in existence. People talk about the In-N-Out burger, like Jesus came down from the heavens and crafted this burger with his bare hands. This is the most overhyped burger on the face of the earth. People will say, oh, you know, I traveled four hours just to go out west and get a burger from In-N-Out. And, you know, if you do that, you're an absolute crazy person because the burger itself isn't a bad burger. It's obviously in the B-list. It's not, you know, your typical fast food burger. But it's not anything special. It's a relatively smaller patty. The bun is fine. It's not, you know, there's no, it's not some crazy, amazing potato roll or brioche bun or anything like that. It's just a typical bun. And, you know, if you don't get it animal style, then there's nothing special on this burger. So the In-N-Out craze makes absolutely no sense to me at all. And I think that I figured it out. I know why people love this so much. All these East Coasters that go out to the West and have been waiting their entire lives to, to have the In-N-Out burger that they've seen all over the TV and social media and whatnot, they have hyped it up so much in their mind that it has to be good. It has to be because otherwise they've wasted their entire you know life thinking about this burger and fantasizing over it, and then it just comes out to nothing, they're not going to let that happen. So the hype just keeps building because it's culturally relevant to do so. I really don't think that the In-N-Out Burger is at all what it's hyped up to be. I think this is all in people's minds. I think we need to stop this praising of this burger. And I'm going to put right next to it, in the B category, the Shake Shack Burger. I will say the Shake Shack Burger is better, but it is also a very overhyped burger the East Coast competitor to In-N-Out. Um, the Shake Shack Burger is good. And I definitely prefer it over In-N-Out. And people will say, oh, well, of course you do. It's more expensive. The, the price has nothing to do with it. If you take money out of the equation, that's what I'm doing for this fa- fast food tier list. The Shake Shack Burger is just inherently a better burger. The meat quality is better. You're getting more meat in the burger. Uh, the In-N-Out Burger, I mean, the meat is so small, you're tasting mostly bun for a lot of it. Um, but the Shake Shack Burger, the meat is very good quality, but... Again, it is very overhyped, like it's some sort of gourmet burger by any means. No, it's just a regular fast food burger, and it does the right job. There's nothing special about this burger. It's not unique in um, a, a certain way, although I will say there's something really cool. Apparently, I think there's a Shake Shack in New York that does have a peanut butter burger, which I've always wanted to try, um, but I haven't yet. So I will try the peanut butter, What I think they call it the Goober Shake Shack burger, but whatever it is, it's on the secret menu got to get that if you're in New York. Next in the Bs, I have Sonic. Now, Sonic is an interesting one. I think that it's definitely not as good as In-N-Out and Shake Shack, but I will put it in the B category because it's a very underrated burger. The proportions that they have on the burger, I think are the exact proportions that most of these fast food burgers should have. And I respect that because you're not getting a pool of mayonnaise, but you're also not getting not enough mayonnaise to where it, it's not noticeable. So the the sonic proportions are really, really useful uh for their burger. The bun is of you know decent quality and you know I don't feel disgusting eating it. So I'm gonna give them a B. And I'm gonna put what a burger in that same category as well. So all of these are the B, four into this B category. Whataburger I have there, it's it's good. I know a lot of people will say, oh, Burger is better than In-N-Out and, and better than Shake Shack. Honestly, all three of them are very close to one another, in my opinion. I don't think Whataburger is all that special either. And uh, I had a weird, weird experience. I was in Houston, I had a Whataburger. And for some reason, I just felt weird after eating it. I feel like the Whataburger is very greasy. And maybe I just had bad experience eating it, but it was so greasy I started feeling sick and I was getting on a plane and I felt it like as the plane was going off, I felt the Whataburger inside of me just like going up and down and really didn't feel good after eating it. But you know, it was a tasty burger and uh, they do a good job uh, flattening the patty out and really grilling it. So I, I like the Whataburger burger, but it's not the cleanest of all the burgers in my opinion. And that leads me to the A category. And I'm going to start off with Freddy's. I think Freddy's is up there as one of the best fast food burgers. Um, I typically like a burger that is, you know, smashed out, and they have, you know, steak burger, but it's very crispy around the edges, um, and I think they do a really, really good job of that. The bun is really nice. It's a good sized burger, um, and they have excellent condiments and and toppings that they put on it. I think Freddy's is a really high quality product. Um, I put Brahms in the A category as well. Midwest chain based out of Oklahoma. I think Brahms does a really good job with their burgers. I think they do the best uh, traditional style burger for fast food. Um, Freddy's is more of a smash burger, really like thin and crispy. I think Brahms has a little bit more meat into it, but they do a really good job with that. I think they're a very underrated fast food burger chain. And also they have the ice cream and fries that are really awesome there. Uh, So you can't get upset with that. But the number one, And the uh, highest rated burger that I have for fast food and what I will have as the sole burger spot in the S tier is Five Guys. And a lot of people think that that's ridiculous. If you looked at the Instagram for what's on the menu, which if you don't follow, you should, or the Twitter, then you saw that I posted a picture of a burger and I asked what people thought it was. Well, the answer is Five Guys. The best burger is Five Guys for several reasons. One... The use of peanut oil is a very, I guess, divisive thing. And you either love it or you hate it. I'm in the category of loving it. I think it makes the burger unique. And I actually think it works really well for the type of burger that they advertise. They're really, really good in terms of their meat quality, the burger bun has a lot of integrity, even though they put so many different toppings on that burger. I love the customizable options that Five Guys has. You know, if you want to get the all the way, you know, they've got tons of different uh, you know, sauces. They have, you know, grilled mushrooms. They really give you all of the options. And every single one of those options comes out with really good quality. It is also the most consistent of all of the fast food burgers, which to me is the most important. Because if you're getting a very inconsistent fast food burger, then it's probably not going to be the best option for you. Because if you go you know, to McDonald's one day and it feels like a 7.3 and then you go to McDonald's the next day, it's a 5.7, then you're having to worry, okay, you know, should I go to this McDonald's or should I go to a Five Guys where I know every single time I go, I'm gonna get a good quality burger. I think Five Guys has the best mechanical process of all of those fast food burgers. So I'm giving Five Guys the top spot in the S tier by itself. And that is my favorite fast food burger. So with all those fast food burgers out of the way, I know there are more. I know there's Smashburger and Culver's and others. Um, People will say, oh, you forgot about Checkers and Rallies and, uh, I don't know, Steak and Shake. I got to leave some of these fast food chains out in case I were to make a part two. Plus, if I were to say, name the top 10 or top 15 burger joints that are fast food, then the ones I mentioned would be more likely. Maybe not, you know, the Varsity and Brahms are, are two exceptions to that rule. But most of the others are fairly well-known regional burgers that are like typical fast food burgers. And I'm not going to rate a, a burger joint like BurgerFi as fast food because you can cook to order there and there it's just a totally different game. It's not even a fast food burger place. So some of these spots, you have to be very careful how you categorize them, um, which is why I kind of have in my gourmet section the difference between a fast food style burger where you're not choosing how you want your burger cooked versus a true traditional gourmet burger which would be determining how hot you want the center to be and all of that jazz. So let's get into the gourmet burgers. And the way I rank these burgers is typically on a number basis. The reason I don't have the fast food burgers on a number basis is because most of them are going to lie between the five to seven range. And that's just very typical because you know that you're not going to get the worst thing in the world, that you're not going to be throwing up unless you eat a Burger King burger. But you also know that you're not going to get something that's going to blow your mind away. You know exactly what the cap is, what the ceiling is on those burgers. So you can get a better consistency and a shorter spread of, of, of the range that the numbers can indicate on a fast food burger. But that's not as fun for me. I actually like having the gourmet burgers, which have a much larger range because you have the possibility of getting that eight or nine, even though you have the possibility of getting that less than five number, like you order it medium well and it comes out raw or you know you order it rare and it comes out absolutely burnt to shit. You have those possibilities. That's not a concern for me just because it's worth eight or nine possible those burgers can be some of the best dishes on the planet. So I'd much rather have the wider spread of options. And that's exactly what you get from a gourmet burger. So let me talk about a couple of my uh, favorite places and places that I think are worth mentioning around the country and around the world. Got one place that is outside the United States. So for a fast food style burger, but still gourmet, I think the first place worth mentioning is Ted's. Ted's is a steamed cheeseburger. So like I said earlier, one of the ways that you can cook a burger is through a steaming method. The way Ted does this is Ted's has a a professional steam machine. That's their words, not mine. In Meriden, Connecticut, where they make their burgers and where their restaurant is, that you put basically ground meat into a container. That container then goes into a water steam machine. It comes out the whole bit of meat is cooked. It honestly looks like a meatloaf. And then they just throw this like slab of meat onto the bread. And then they also steam the cheese that they put on it. It's like their own homemade cheddar cheese. And it's a really interesting concept, but it's a very, very solid burger. And they've been doing it for a very long time, since 1959. Ted Steam Cheeseburgers is one of the uh, places I would highly recommend. If you're looking for that fast food style burger in the Northeast. Very, very casual, not a fancy burger where you have to think too much about it. Another burger like that is Dyer's Burger in Memphis, Tennessee. And this burger is famous because they use 100-year-old grease in their burgers that they make. And I'm not going to sit here and say that this is an amazing burger. This is not an eight. This is probably a seven, a low seven. I don't remember my exact ranking for it. but. The burger originates from back in 1912 where this Dyer character started his own cafe and had this secret process to make a burger which they've been using the same exact cooking grease from. It's a very ageless grease and when you go in, it's a cool little diner atmosphere. The only problem with this place and with the burger is the grease, even though it tastes good, kind of gets all over your hands and you kind of feel a little disgusting while you're eating it and while you're sitting around in the place just because that grease is just so prevalent. But I still think it's worth the experience. If you're ever in Memphis, Tennessee, you should try Dyer's at least once. Um, I don't think it's a place I necessarily would want to go back to, but it's definitely a burger worth trying. The last kind of fast foody style burger uh, is the Apple Pan, which is in Los Angeles, California. And this burger is famous. Um, It has kind of two different types of burgers that you can get, both which are the same exact process that they make with mayonnaise, pickles, and lettuce on it and Tillamook cheddar cheese. The only difference is the sauce. So they have the original steak burger, which they started selling in 1927, which has a weird red relish based sauce. And I won't lie, I personally love this sauce that they make on their steak burger and they've made a similar sauce for their hickory burger which is their, uh, I guess, complement burger so you either get the steak burger or the hickory burger. The hickory burger was founded in 1945 but basically the special sauce that they make, um, the base ingredients are ketchup and relish. And I've been making my own apple pan sauce at home for about two years now making it with just basic relish and ketchup and some other things I throw in, but it is an excellent combination and the sauce is really, really good on both their hickory and steak burgers. So if you ever find yourself in California, definitely check out the apple pan. And that's it for the fast food style gourmet burgers. Uh, I know that's confusing because it's fast food versus gourmet versus stunt and then you've got in the gourmet, fast food and then traditional gourmet but I think you understand what I mean where it's not fast food when it's made but it is um, still a very special burger those three places have their own little category within the gourmet food lineup but let's get on to some traditional gourmet burgers and where I think the standout burgers are The first one is a place called Cheddar Burger, which is in Salt Lake City, Utah. This place has a very eclectic menu of burgers. If you look at the ingredients on their burger lists, you're going to find the most crazy outlandish burger recipes you've ever heard of. So the combinations actually work. That's the funny part. I mean, if you look at some of the burgers that they have, so they've got one burger that I've had, which is really good, the Mother Hen, which is a beef patty they put an egg on it, bacon, arugula, sriracha mayo, and then just a regular bun. It's a solid burger. Another one they have, the dealer is really good. It has cream cheese, barbecue pulled pork on it, fried jalapenos, and a cilantro ranch sauce, which is really, really good. The Schwinn with white cheddar, roasted tomatoes, mushrooms, crispy onions, arugula, and a garlic mayo. I mean, these sound like full-blown, fancy salads that like white chicks would order, right? So I'm just saying this is a really interesting place if you're looking for an exotic burger. And the burger meats themselves are really good. Their buns are fantastic. The next part, I'm going to talk about two places that I guess kind of have a little bit of rivalry. And if you're from North Carolina or or know North Carolina burgers at all, you know about Al's Burger Shack and you know about hops. Having done you know, college at UNC, that was kind of the big debate for a lot of people. Did you like Al's Burger Shack more? Or did you like hops? Here's the thing. Al's Burger Shack is ranked number one on TripAdvisor in terms of burgers in America. I mean, it is claimed the number one burger in all of the United States. I don't know who from TripAdvisor allowed that to be the case, but that person is smoking crack because it's not true. Al's Burger Shack is a very good burger, and I'm not going to bash it. If you go to Al's Burger Shack, you've got to get the Kenny J, which has pimento cheese on it, a Cheerwine barbecue sauce, which if you don't know what Cheerwine is, it's basically like a Dr. Pepper cherry Coke that originated from uh, North Carolina. So they've got a Cheerwine barbecue sauce. They've got uh, bacon on it. And if you get it cooked rare, that's how I do it, uh, which a lot of people think is disgusting. But I eat my burgers rare because it's most flavorful. It's a fantastic burger. The problem with it is, one, the bun they're using, even though I like a good Martin's potato roll in my home, I don't want to see a Martin's potato roll at the place I'm going to go order a burger because I might as well just make the burger at home myself then. So the one problem is the bun, and it doesn't really hold up uh, the integrity for all of the stuff in the burger, which is a problem. And the other problem is that it gets kind of over because the burger itself is not all that good. If you get the Kenny J, it's great, but if you're getting a traditional hamburger or American style burger, whatever you wanna call it, it's just not all that good. So you have to get these special things to make up for the burger not being that good. And that's that's the problem. It's still in the eights. I'm not gonna say it's a bad burger. It is a very, very good burger. But if you compare that to Hop's, which is originally based out of Greensboro, North, North Carolina, it's a totally different ball game. The Hop's burger is, a way better quality of meat. It's a big bun that has good integrity and it's just overall way more delicious, way more flavorful. Their meat blend, you can tell, has higher quality and better flavor than the meat blend that Al's Burger Shack uses. Um, I think Al's Burger Shack is probably just a basic ground hamburger meat blend. I I think hops probably has some sort of, uh, you know, fancier, uh, you know, more... I'd say they probably have some sort of sirloin in there as well as chuck rather than just a basic ground hamburger meat. Um, The hops burger is really good. And if you end up going to hops, I can't implore you enough. The goat cheese burger there is one of the best, best tasting burgers I've had in my entire life. Get the goat cheese burger. It has lettuce on it, has an apple jam with this goat cheese and bacon on it. It is a very unique burger, but it is fantastic, and it holds up all of the traditional aspects that a burger should have very well. And while we're on the topic of North Carolina burgers, I'll give a quick shout out to Bad Daddy's Burger Bar. They do a really, really good job with customization. They have a lot of options for people. I really like the blue cheeseburger that I get there, and I throw an egg on it, and I have a bunch of other things that I put on it, but they do a really good job with their burger quality. That is a solid eight. Uh, it's It's in the eights as well. So the next burger that I'm going to talk about is across the pond, over in London. Um, there are a couple different locations for it, but the, the name of the restaurant is Burger and Lobster. And it's a very interesting idea. You go in and you basically say burger or lobster to the maitre d' and they send you to a table and you either pay 20 pounds, which is you know the currency over there, for a burger meal or you pay 20 pounds for a lobster meal. Now, it's no-brainer that when you go there, you should probably get the lobster because that's just a better deal. 20-pound burger is just like, that's an insane price to pay for a burger. However, the burger itself is obviously of really good quality. Um, It's a really interesting, cool place to go to, and I definitely recommend it. Um, But I would say that if you're going to get the burger, then you you got to be prepared that it's going to be a really expensive one. And I, I know they've expanded out. They have a bunch of locations all over the place. So there's probably some in the United States as well. But Burger and Lobster is a really good gourmet place uh, for people who are trying to get that kind of like better deal. But the but the burgers themselves are actually really good. So they use a combination. It's a it's a mix of tri tip, brisket, and chuck. And so obviously you're getting a lot of uh, high quality meats in there. So it you know and they also serve a Wagyu burger and all that kind of stuff. So, you can kind of pick, but it's all done with, you know, they've got truffle and they've got uh, secret recipe sauces that have like fancy ingredients in it all. It's a very well done, fancy burger. And they've got like tarragon mayo and, um, you know, melted brie put on top of some of them. It's just a crazy atmosphere. Sometimes they put lobster meat on the burger, um, but definitely a really good gourmet burger and an experience for sure. And on the topic of expensive burgers, There's a place in New York City called the Empire Steakhouse, and they actually have something they call the Empire Burger. It's a $20 burger, but it's a 10-ounce burger with an amazing piece of cheddar cheese on top with uh, just the best quality of meat you can possibly think of. Uh, And so that would be a recommendation. If you're in the Big Apple, go and get a burger from the Empire Steakhouse for lunch. It's definitely worth the price. And I'm going to end the episode on my personal favorite burger on the entire planet. This burger is a 9-4. And it is the highest possible quality that you can get on the planet. The founders from Kansas City, moved down to Naples, Florida, and opened up Brooks Burgers. This burger is ranked number two on TripAdvisor's all-time burger list, behind Al's Burger Shack. The fact that Al's Burger Shack is even in the same top 20 list as this burger is an insult to the entire nation in terms of food. So Al's Burger Shack, if that's one and this is two, and I'm telling you that Al shouldn't even be in the top 20, that just shows how amazing of a burger this Brooks Burger is. I can't tell you. If you ask for it rare, they have the exact thermometer temperature of what rare definitionally is. And if you want it medium well, They have the exact thermometer temperature of it. They are absolutely flawless in their execution of the burger. You never get it messed up. And it's cooked on a flat top using three different blends of meat. I know that sirloin is in it, I know that chuck is in it, and I believe round beef is the last component to it. But this burger is out of this world. When you go, they have an extravagant menu. You know, they've got uh, donut burgers, they've got, uh, you know, Korean barbecue burgers. Ignore all of that. Just get the traditional burger. Order it rare. I promise you, you will be the happiest person on the planet. It is the most flavorful meat. I can eat that, just bun, meat, and cheese, and be totally content. I don't need anything else because it's just so jam-packed with juicy flavors. And I dream of this burger probably once or twice every month. It is so amazing that there's just no beating it. There is no better burger on the planet than Brooks Burgers. They have three locations down in Naples, Florida. If you find yourself in southwest Florida and you don't go to Brooks, you're doing yourself a disservice. So that's it for the second episode of What's on the Menu. I appreciate the patience. I know it's been a while since I uh, put out the first episode. Unfortunately, I was doing a lot of traveling. But if you follow What's on the Menu Instagram and Twitter and you follow my own personal one, you would know that I've been doing food tours in both New Orleans and Charleston, all of which the scores are up on my own personal page. You can find it under Food 2 towards the end if you want to see the Instagram stories. Go back and you can see all the different places I ranked. Really good food trips. I mean, New Orleans is one of the best food towns in the world. So a lot of good recommendations there. Um, But I appreciate the patience for waiting on this second episode. The next one will come a lot sooner. I do promise that. Um, and we'll see what's on the menu next time. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you.